Hello, Moonbeam. Sarah Hanshar here with a brand new episode of Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. Today, my guest is Joe Guppy, and we talk about classic rock and beyond. When I first spoke to Joe about maybe being on the podcast, he's a TV writer, he's authored a book, he has Emmys. He's very fancy. He's done a lot of really cool things. And I'm like, oh, but you like... <laughs> 1960s rock? Let's do that. He's like, are you sure? Because I've done cool things. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, let's talk about the Beatles. <laughs> so hopefully I'll have Joe on again and we'll talk maybe about his TV stuff. But today we're just exploring the glories of classic rock from the 60s and up. Uh, everything from Jimi Hendrix to Janis Joplin to B.B. King to Sam Cooke, all these really great artists and musicians. And I'm excited to share that episode with you. So thank you, Joe. Oh, if you want to check out what Joe's up to and what he has done in the past, you can just go to joeguppy.com. There it is. Real quick, I just want to say, hey, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thanks for coming back week after week. I really, truly, deeply appreciate it. I realize I'm always asking you guys to do stuff, you know, like rate, review, subscribe, and all that stuff, which I genuinely love that you do that. But I never say, hey, thanks for just being here. Thanks for just listening in. I truly appreciate it because I'm so happy to share this, to share these conversations with people I think are interesting and fun and nice and kind. And I just love sharing it and I'm glad that you guys like listening to it. Makes me a very happy camper. Oh, now I do have some good news. I am back on Instagram. Uh, technically I never left Instagram except that I kind of sort of locked myself out for about two months but I am back now and I have lots of fun pics to upload. Cute little quotes, cute little pictures, lots of fun stuff so you can find me on Instagram which is I think you're nice. How about that? As always, you can find me on IThinkYou'reNice.com. That's my primary website. You can contact me there because I would love it if you got in touch with me. What do you want to hear? What don't you want to hear? What are you looking for? What's going on just in your life? Do you want to talk? Maybe maybe we can just talk. We never talk anymore, listeners. Have you ever noticed it's a one-way conversation where I'm the one doing all the jibber-jabbering? Oh, right. That's how podcasts work. Any whoozle, please get in touch with me if you feel so inclined. And as always, you can find me on Facebook uh, with I Think You're Nice. That's my website there. So fabulous. I think we covered this, that, and the other. I hope you enjoy this episode with Joe. I sure did. We had a great conversation. We definitely sat there and tried to remember songs for a certain amount of time, which don't worry. I've edited out the really long ones where we're like, oh God, how's that go? No, wait, how's that go? Yeah, those are gone. So it's nothing but awesome. End of sentence. It's nothing but awesome. Thanks for being here. I hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I think you're nice. Why, hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat. So let's chat. So let's chat. I think you're nice, so let's chat. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice. I am your host, Sarah Hanchar, and this is a podcast where I talk to a nice person about nice things. And today I'm here with Joe Guppy, and we're going to talk about... Uh, music. Originally, we thought maybe the 60s, but now he's like the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. So we're listening to music with Joe. 
and talk about music with Joe. We don't have the licenses to no, listen to it. No, we're not actually going to listen to it, <laughs> except when you and I sing little pieces of it, perhaps. Oh, uh, if we can, we yeah, can get we're going to do that, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. I'm, <laughs> I'm not much of a singer, but I know you are, so. Well, that's very kind. You, you can make up uh, for my lack of uh, <laughs> tuneful skills, but. Uh, but your passion and your love yes. of uh, yeah. of music yeah. Yeah. started Pop- at an early age. Popular music, um, yeah. And you know, I was thinking about this because I, you know, I, I was a therapist for a while, so I have kind of this thing about psychology and you know, thinking deeply about human human identity and such. And I do think that we we kind of form identity around music. We form a community around music. We uh, kind of find our identity. I think, particularly as young people, I know that that's that's really what my story is about finding identity and community through through the decades, really. Hmm. And uh, so early on, you know, we're all born into these families. So the only identity we have is sort of what we're just given by default. I have this very distinct memory, like in third or fourth grade, being on the playground at uh, St. Joseph's Catholic School Mm -hmm. uh, up on Capitol Hill, where when the Beatles were like first coming on in 63, 64, Uh, and one of the songs was "She Loves You," yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which, uh, which, I, I love that song, and I love the Beatles mm-hmm. now. But back then, it was kind of like I was sort of like, "Oh, that's stupid. I don't like those stupid songs." And kids, oh, how pedantic yeah, exactly. your musical taste! Yeah. Haven't you heard of yeah. Bach? Yeah, yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of like that. Not that I was all that into Bach, but, but, uh, but I remember actually a kid did say, well, "What do you like, Beethoven?" And and I'm. Kind of like, yeah, I like Beethoven. So it was one of those kind of, so that was sort of my my identity that I mm-hmm. inherited. Um, but along comes 1965, which was a, a big a big year for me. Christmas morning when, to my total surprise, completely unexpected, my uncle gave me and my older brother, Ed, uh, two years older than me, he gave us each a little transistor radio. Mm-hmm. And this this was like cutting edge technology. It was like like about four inches square, about inch and a half deep. Are we uh, talking like original iPod size, maybe uh, um, a little bit bigger? Uh, original. I'm not sure even what an original iPod size is, but it's, it's basically like a, the size of a phone. Yeah, these days. So a transistor um, radio. Yeah. So this a been... transistor radio would have been the about that much shorter than the phone and, okay. and thicker like that. Okay. And had a, had little knobs. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, everything analog knobs on the on the side yeah. there. But and one of the coolest things was it had a uh, an earphone jack. So no no stereo, of course. It was just a single earphone coming out with mono sound that you could put right. And this is 1965. Right this is 1965. So you yeah. guys already had earbuds. Uh yeah, one earbud <laughs> giving delivering tinny mono sound right yeah. into your ear. Hey. Um, yeah. No, and and I, I say tinny mono sound, but um, it was uh, fantastic. It was just like this whole world opened up when when I heard this this music coming out of this thing for the first time. Nice. So we get the uh get the radios and by the way he got like this little black one for my brother and a white one for me which I always thought was really cool that he didn't get us exactly the same mm-hmm. brand, you know, this exact same same model. Mm-hmm. Um that was really thoughtful so we could tell each other's apart, you know, and, yeah. and they were both super cool. Uh so anyway, we get back here to uh, Seattle. And uh, AM Top 40 Radio is what's happening. And there were two radio stations. One was KJR and one was KOL. And it was kind of a, a, a inner town rivalry kind of a thing, cross town rivalry between the stations. Okay. It was kind of like a Pepsi versus Coke ah. or Stones versus Beatles. Like you either listen to KOL or you listen to KJR, uh-huh. one or the other, uh, the binary choice. And... Uh, <laughs> 
And so I picked KJR. Okay. And uh, even though KOL, I got to be honest, is probably a little cooler in the long run. KOL is probably a little cooler, but you're allowed but, to uh, like both. Yeah. Well, you are now. Yeah. Not, not then. But not then. The ki- well, the kids. It was kind of like among the kids, oh, it was a thing. You either gotcha, you were gotcha, one gotcha. or the other. So Pat O'Day, have you heard of Pat O'Day? I have not. Okay, well, he's a legendary figure around Seattle. He used to call the hydroplane races for, for years and years. Anyway, Pat O'Day was the was the main disc jockey on KJR, kind of the big name disc jockey. I listened to this guy named Tom Murphy in the afternoons, and I, I love Tom Murphy. He was hilarious, and uh, and he, he spun all these top 40 top 40 singles i start listening to this top 40 radio and it is really one of those brain experiences like like technicolor you know mm-hmm. like like i imagine an animation of like blossoms opening up in colorful ways and stuff like that <laughs> as a representation of uh like when dorothy of, gets out of yeah the, exactly out of black and white yep. and opens the door to oz exactly and that's what happened inside my mind when ah. i started listening to this uh this popular music um and it it was just uh, and and now of course i know enough about developing 10 year old 11 year old 12 year old brains to know that literally inside my brain there was all this blossoming going on and new chemical combinations and synapses hooking up and linking up and Mm -hmm. you know everything from obviously the rhythm of the drums to the the range of sounds and the human voice and all that stuff was all crashing into my brain directly through my my little earphone thing and uh, wow yeah it was it was it was a, I mean it's really I'm kind of getting some emotional feelings right now how feelings just how, feelings how, are good <laughs> yeah just how how beautiful and how positive uh, a thing that was in my life at this time when other things were were, were very difficult so that's beautiful yeah that's it's especially lovely that you found something that you could love because even right. though you respected and yeah. appreciated where your parents were coming from, yeah. but yeah. there are many yeah. different ways to right. celebrate your beautiful brain. And yeah. I'm glad that you found something yeah. at ten. Right, that was something that you could cherish. Yeah, and, and evolve with. It's a it's a big part of that kind of uh, individual identity that we all need to start developing as adolescents or pre adolescents, where we separate from our our parents or even separate from the goody-goody image. And and even though I, I never uh, lit the gar- a garbage can on fire or... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go that yeah, far. <laughs> didn't set off the fire alarm or steal things or whatever. Because, I mean, uh, you know, come to find out, talking to my friends later, like everybody was shoplifting, you know? Everybody oh, really? Through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my a, goodness. Yeah, yeah, that's... We could have been goody-goodies together because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was also very, like, that's against the rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The way that the uh, radio helped me kind of break out of my goody two-shoes box uh-huh. was that through that earphone thing I was telling you about, I would snake it up the arm of my sweater uh-huh. or, or my shirt and put the earphone in my in palm, palm of my of hand. hand. So during like study period or whatever, I could listen to my music uh, during class, which That's was amazing. totally wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. But like super fun, and I'm getting away with something, and uh, and you're not hurting anybody. Not, you're not, not not hurting anyone. Yeah, yeah. you're uh, just a, yeah. Little, a little bit of a little bit of Joe time right. happening. A little Joe time. <laughs> there was one time in the uh, in the cafeteria when they I, I, there was a big crackdown of some kind. It was during during lunch period. And I thought they were going to get my radio. They were going to find my radio. It was like a like a clamp down. All right, we got to search everybody for the, I don't know what they were looking for, but uh, maybe a, a joint or something I was or say, a cigarettes what, what or something. What pops into my head is I'm like, they were looking for a joint. They were yeah. looking for cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, like, 
when they get to me, they're going to find my radio. But um, but maybe it was because I had the reputation for being a good E2-shoes. But whatever for whatever reason, I guess they found what they were. They found the cigarettes or the joint or something before they got to me. But mm. that was that was terrifying. I, I had the thing up my arm at uh-huh. the time. You know, it's like, oh, this is... This but did you stop on. after that? No. Yes. <laughs> it was more important to you to have that music than yeah. it was to yeah. to possibly lose it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. So, so anyway, um, you know, I I brought the uh, Hot Billboard 100 from 1965, 66, and 67. We could talk about those songs. I also, of course, my record collection came along shortly thereafter. And, I was going to uh, ask. So did you have a record player at home? You know, we did not have a record player at home. My my Aunt Jean, uh, God bless her, she's 94 years old. She had a little record player that could play 45s it also could play an album but nobody had albums but there were there was 45s i remember a couple of the she had one called like honeycomb won't you be my baby Hmm. honeycomb Uh, that's like she had like two 45s or something that we played over (laughs) and over again oh my goodness and that was even before i got the radio Um, yeah but once i got the radio then it was like I need all the music all the time. I need music all the time, yeah. Then one Christmas, I got a stereo. That was when I was in high school. And it was just Whoa. like, wow. You know, I got the headphones, stereo headphones. And, and it was just like, it was another Technicolor dream opening up. Had my hippie beads and my uh, candles to meditate with. and oh Which I goodness. meditated for about five minutes or something. But, you know, following the Beatles because they were all. Well, meditation. sure. When they went to India yeah, and were doing right. that whole thing. That Absolutely. Was all, that was all 67. So. Uh, I don't know. You want to, want to talk about these top? This is really where it be, all begins. These, yeah. these top songs, Absolutely. hit signals of '65, '66, and '67. And uh, what strikes me is is the um, the variety show that it was. That back then there was a the top. It was the top forty. So if you look at the top forty, you've got the Rolling Stones. You've got the Temptations, which is Motown soul. Of course, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones are British rock and roll. Roger Miller, this is all in the top 20 songs. Roger Miller, who's um, a country. Uh, Gary Lewis and the Playboys, which is just stupid pop. <laughs> Ramsey. What was their song? What was their song? Uh, this Diamond Ring. This diamond ring doesn't shine for me anymore. This diamond ring, yeah. No, this is. That's awesome that you know that one. Oh, yeah, Joe. No, this is like I wasn't lying when I said the '60s and '70s were my jam. All right. I listened to a lot of oldies, the classic rock, as it was called in the in the '80s. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. This diamond ring was number seventeen <laughs> on the Billboard Top right. 100 in 1965. We've got I Got You, Babe. It's Jerry Lewis's son, Gary Lewis. Oh, Gary Lewis and the Playboys. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You got Sonny and Cher, and then you got uh, the Supremes, which is kind of Motown mm-hmm. pop. Temptations, more Motown soul. Beach Boys. Got some Beach Boys and, in and there. Then, and Ramsey Lewis is a like a jazz guy. Uh, he, he had this hit, The In Crowd. You remember that one? I'm in with the in crowd, baby. I do what the in crowd does. Da, um, da, da, da. No? The melody is familiar to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, but also wondering if I'm... Sometimes if I can tell where the melody's going, I can I can fake like I know it pretty yeah. pretty well. Right. Which is very good for improv. Yeah. Yeah, it's great for improv, yeah. but it's yeah. also like am I do I really know it or am I just making it up? Yeah. 
Yeah, so this song here, King of the Road, see, my dad would sing that song. He would sing that, uh, hum that song and mm-hmm. sing, uh, literally sing that song. And that's number 12. Well, was he singing I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones? Probably he was not. not. No. He didn't even know it. He didn't even care about it. So they're all on the same, like, big hits list. Yeah. And, and this one has a lyric that my dad would sing. It goes, uh, trailer for sale rent. A uh, little, yeah, he was he was a country artist, okay. although that song uh, is kind of a crossover. Yeah, exactly. As, of course, anything, over any genre. anything on the Hot 100 would be a crossover. But what's interesting this about that song is I'm, I'm fascinated by, and I, I wonder if you have any of these, things that you heard when you were so young, because he would sing that before. I'm sure this song didn't come out in 65. It probably came out earlier than that. Um, you're so young, you don't even understand what the words mean so so like for example that says i'm a man of means by no means king of the road Mm -hmm. which is kind of a little pun play on words thing well i I was so young i didn't get it Mm -hmm. i didn't know what it meant i'm a man of means by no means or even trailer for sale or rent but my dad would go trailer for sale or rent and i think i heard sailor actually Mm -hmm. like a like a sailor sailor man yeah yeah and and i never i never picked didn't i didn't get the meaning of the words i just the syllables are in my head with this image of a sailor you know oh Uh, yeah yeah i mean absolutely oh sorry playing footsie with you Uh, i just had a flash memory of my very first word was gloria Mm. which was from Mm. the lp gloria gloria it wasn't until my adulthood i'm like oh this is about a maybe a sex worker or it's about somebody who who fills her life with don't you think you're falling if everybody wants you Hmm. Um, then why isn't anybody calling? Hmm. Don't you think it's... Anyway, it's a really sad song. Uh, yeah, right. But to, again, that, again, that was my first word. Right. So whatever age that is, yeah, like, yeah. super didn't get that wow. it was a really bummer of a song. Yeah, there's a lot of songs like that, that like the, the R.E.M. song called um, This One Goes Out to the One I Love, yeah. which... Everybody thinks of it as, oh, the one you love the is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's a really kind of a, a real downer. As I go through the top 100, so there's 300 songs here from, from 65, 66, and 67. And virtually every one of them, there's a couple that I don't recognize, but I've got some fragment, at least, of, of that song in my mind. And this is only the top 100. And of course, they were playing like a thousand songs or whatever over the course of the year. And like, how many of these things are stored in there? I yeah, mean, could, I'm sure you could ask yourself the same question with with like pulling out this diamond ring. I was also uh, thinking about um, the way all this stuff came in, kind of on the same wavelength, so or or the same level, I guess. I didn't have a hierarchy. Like, I didn't think the Stones or the Beatles were like more important than the Strawberry Alarm Clock or the Electric Prunes, you know, or or. <laughs> Or distinguishing those two things just sound like smoothies <laughs> that are in town. Yeah. Like I don't know those two groups. <laughs> yeah, well, they they are each one hit wonders, but they are ah. pretty big hits. In fact, uh, the Strawberry Alarm Clock has a song "Incense and Peppermints." I heard it on a car commercial or something. And then the Electric Prunes uh, one hit wonder was um, "I Had Too Much to Dream Last Night." Ah. I had too much to dream last night. I had too much to dream. Last night. <laughs> that's, 
boom, and then this drum, boom, 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 boom. The electric prunes are not on this list, mm-hmm. so they did not make the top 100. Oh, uh, so, I'm sorry, electric yeah. prunes. But the other thing that's that's um, important to note also was that back in those days, the DJs like picked their own songs, right? So mm. something could be a regional hit or or maybe Tom Murphy loved the electric prunes, mm-hmm. so he could put it in heavy rotation. Yep. Oh, yeah, so in 66... Uh, number six is Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking. <gasps> Yay! You, know, you, you can do that oh, one, right? Oh, hell yeah. 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 These boots are made yeah. for yeah, walking. Yeah, yeah. And then two slots down at number eight is Frank Sinatra. <gasps> Strangers in the Night. Oh. So, you know, that's inter- intergenerational. And then the Monkees, Last Train to Clarksville. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a great one. And uh, and then, do you know this one, 96 Tears by Question Mark and the Mysterians? Yes. Too many teardrops for one heart to be crying. So anyway, that's that's that. And then that kind of all, all went into my... Uh, moved into my record collection, which came along. I'm sure your listening audience can see through the microphone that I'm holding up. I'm holding up the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper CD right here. Uh, uh, and uh, and so I think that's kind of classy that the, the second album I got was was a mono copy of the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper. Do you still have it? No. I know. Where did it go? I know. Um, it was beat to crap by the time it I lost matter. it. You know, it's, it had it had foldouts in it. You right? had the foldouts, mm-hmm. all the pullouts and stuff. Yeah, a, a mint condition one would be Ugh. big bucks these days. Yeah, the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank my friend Brittany for getting me mm. thoroughly into the Beatles. I already had enjoyed them. Michelle, my oh, yeah. yeah. That song was my favorite song. Um, we had moved into our house and it was big and scary and so like under construction. So like mm. taking a shower, mm. I'm like I'm scared. This mm. is weird. So I'd play Michelle My Bell on nice. repeat. Like, and that was my jam. Did, did you? Uh, so, what form did that come in when you say on repeat? That uh, must have been. It, it uh, had to be on tape. Uh, okay. So maybe yeah. I probably like on just cas- rewound on a cassette tape. On a cassette, yeah. Yeah. On, on a cassette yeah. tape. Yeah, on a cassette yeah, yeah. tape. I probably yeah. rewound and played it again and again. Yeah. Um, and the Beatles, for me, they kind of sent me from. Not from goody goody to absolute hellion, but right. like they opened me, mm-hmm. they opened me up into like that weird psychedelic mm-hmm. stuff. Lucy in the Sky yeah. with diamonds. Yep, yep. I could do a deep dive of just mm. the Beatles. Um, mm-hmm. So if anybody ever just wants to talk to me about the Beatles mm. for three and a half hours, uh-huh. um, yeah. yeah, they were they were huge in my life. Yeah, yeah. And when as I look over the the the, the songs here on, and, and I, you know, I, I know when side one ends and when you have to flip the record over and you go to side ah! two um and you go to side two with within you and without you by george harrison mm-hmm. which features the, a sitar a sitar and uh a weird production and of course that was a song i didn't particularly care for mm-hmm. because it was too sophisticated it was too challenging you know now i totally love it uh but the ones that are more poppy those are the ones that of course i really liked like like lucy in the sky with diamonds yep Oh, of course, with a little help from my friends is on here. So which, good. Which was then covered uh, at Woodstock by Joe Cocker. Oh. Yeah, and that was that was Joe Cocker's breakout. Uh, yeah, if you want to YouTube uh, Joe Cocker's performance of uh, from the movie Woodstock of with a little help from my friends, okay. it's unbelievable. Cool. So beautiful and uh, so heartfelt. 
So anyway, yeah, that's the Beatles. And then um, when I was a freshman mm-hmm. in high school, a friend of mine who, who, by the way, was the guy who taught me how to play the blues on the piano. He taught me this really simple 12-bar blues progression on the piano. Nice. But he one day gave me uh, Jimi Hendrix Electric Ladyland. Nice. Because he said he didn't uh, like it in particular. Ah, okay. Um, and uh, later he did he did uh, come to, to love Hendrix. But but um, so that was the first uh, Hendrix album I got, uh, Electric Ladyland. Went back and bought all the other earlier albums after that. But, <laughs> Isn't that but, wonderful? Yeah. When you yeah, when yeah. you when you get into a band, you're like, oh, yeah. there's so much of their catalog I've never even heard before. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's <laughs> uh, it's uh, yeah, it's super exciting. You kind of get into it. Like I think for well, actually, Purple Haze was definitely playing on the radio uh, mm-hmm. in this in the you know, on my little transistor radio. There was Hendrix songs playing. Um, God, so great, such great stuff. Uh, have you heard the? Did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica? Not the original one, but the remake. That no, was about ten years ago. Uh, no, um, there is a remake of uh, All Along the Watchtower. Oh. That is mind blowing. Hmm. It is so. Besides the original by Jimmy, it is. It is so good. It used mm. to be Patrick and I. We used to have it as like our wake up alarm song yeah. oh, cool. because it's it just. Do you know has, who did that? Um. I think it might be Bear. Nope, Bear Grylls is the um, is the survival guy. Mm-hmm. Bear McCready. Mm. Uh, he does the he wrote the opening music for Outlander. He wrote the mm. opening music for. Um, he does. He's a uh, he's a composer. Oh, okay. And so I'm gonna guess that it was probably his spin on it because mm. it was dark and odd and right. like huge in cool. scope it cool. sounded huge which made a lot yeah. of sense story wise i'd love to hear that yeah uh, and uh, just quick fact check uh, the actual original all along the watchtower is bob dylan <gasps> really uh, yeah, yeah bob dylan wrote wrote the song and put it it was on one of his early earlier albums jimmy kind of broke the song uh, mm-hmm. bob dylan's version wasn't a hit at all it's um it's rather obscure but um a lot of and there's a really cool story about uh, Sergeant Pepper and Jimi Hendrix, actually. Really? Yeah, uh, and you'll see this in umpteen documentaries. But um, the album had just come out. It was maybe it was even barely released, or even not even it was going to drop the next day or something. And Hendrix uh, got a copy of it in the uh, green room backstage at a concert in England. Uh, and and played and just played it like play for himself. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, the the album and Paul McCartney was in the audience of that concert. Uh huh. And Hendrix comes out and the first thing he plays is Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, uh-huh. and of course kills it. And yeah. uh, and Paul McCartney is like just can't effing believe it. You know, first of all, where did he get the album and and how did he learn the song? Uh, of course, H- Hendrix was a total musical genius and. Um, well, I'm sure I, the problem. The album probably had not been released yet, so McCartney was going like, "How did you get? This? How did you get that?" And and you're and and by the way, you know, I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm not, not worthy. worthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, huh? Well, I imagine maybe it's like it's a small. Wor- it's a really I mention on this podcast all the time. Like each discipline is an extremely small yeah, world. Right. Yeah. So maybe. Like, hey, the Beatles have something new coming out. I've yeah. got a cut of it. Do you yeah. want to check it out? Yeah, and, right. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Jimi Hendrix also a Seattle guy? He or is. a Washington guy? He is a Seattle guy. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. He, he um, 
unfortunately didn't get much respect until he went to uh, England. But mm. um, but yeah, he started out in Seattle, went to Garfield High School, as a matter of fact. I don't um, know where that is. Oh, it's. Uh, I like the cat. Yeah, Garfield. <laughs> yeah, Garfield High School is in uh, the Central District of of Seattle. Oh, okay. And uh, my friend Charles Cross wrote a terrific biography of Jimi Hendrix called really? called Roomful of Mirrors. Let me recommend that to your listening audience uh, if you want to learn course. all about Hendrix. Um, I mean, maybe it's over the top, but I just I can't get a I can't get around it. It's like he is the ultimate. And, and uh, you know, John Mayer, John. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he said that everybody, um, wherever you get to in your in your failing attempt to play like Hendrix, that's mm -hmm. that's that's where you where you end up as a guitarist. Uh, <laughs> is, and it, it isn't really a hierarchical thing necessarily, yeah. like 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 how far you get up the ladder to be Hendrix. But uh -huh. just you start out, you want to play like Hendrix you find you 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 can't do that so mm -hmm. you end up somewhere and that's that's you as a guitarist huh that's funny <laughs> well so uh, just one more 60s record i of brought course. which is uh, yeah. janice joplin's cheap thrills big mm -hmm. brother in the holding company and this is my favorite janice joplin album of many awesome janice joplin who albums who did are... the art for the front that well this is like... this is uh, our crumb the okay. famous underground uh cartoonist who's probably most famous for keep on trucking yeah that that, that that deal, yeah. So, so yeah, he did the he did the cover there, and that was uh that was the first um, I guess that's the first Janis Joplin album. I think it's the first album with Big Brother and the Holding Company, where she was the the vocalist for Big Brother and the Holding Company. Yeah, and then went went solo after that. But that is a just a spectacular album. It has a you know a nod to history. It's the 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 song Summertime. From uh, Porgy, Porgy and Bess, Bess. yeah, mm -hmm. oh, it's that Gershwin, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's a wonderful rendition of that. And um, I've never heard her sing that. That's oh, yeah. another one. Oh, it's where, fantastic. Where um, in in my upbringing, we were more of the pop, like mm. Happy Time, Sunshine, mm -hmm. do 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 do. Yeah. Um, whereas, like this is like the more gritty. Yeah, it's and a gritty version of it. Yeah, that's not to diminish its importance or uh, its quality. It's just something I. That's not where my particular knowledge came from mm -hmm. uh, or my experience with this music. Let's see what else we got. So yeah, what of the else blues, do we have? So my friend uh, taught me uh, the blues uh, on the piano, twelve bar blues. Nice. That's and, all you need to to get you started. And we would go over to my friend. Uh, he's Dan Butter with Casey Core is my other friend. We went go over to his house. We smoked this lightweight marijuana and listened to the Almond Brothers live at the Fillmore East and. Uh, God, just um, these the blues songs, and they're all they're they're pretty much the the covers of old blues songs are the ones that I like the most. Even though I later came to like their original material uh, as well, but the song "Stormy Monday" uh, is just so so gorgeous. And so, um, as with many white kids uh, of that of that time, um, we got introduced to the blues, and then and then we went back to the original stuff. So mm -hmm. this is BB King uh, uh, live and well. This is the very first um, black blues record that I ever had. Did you ever see Which, him live? I never did. Did you? I got to see him live. Oh my gosh! With Britney. Britney apparently. Thank God for Britney because she got me into everything. Mm -hmm. Britney, I'm basically just who I am because of you. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was because I never, I never fancied myself liking jazz mm -hmm. or blues. Mm -hmm. Not for any particular reason other than it just never spoke to me. Mm -hmm. And then I saw it live, and I'm like, this is the most yeah. beautiful yeah. and like sexy yeah, yeah. like what is this right. i feel like 
oh, it was amazing. Yeah, and then yeah. I then I got into it. Not still not like deep into it, but yeah. gosh, it opened my eyes. Yeah, and he is so good. He has such a distinct style and a that really super clean sound clean, that he has. And tasty. Yeah, exactly. Just delicious. Yum yum yum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is called. I think it's live and well. So it's some live tracks with some studio tracks. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just, that was that was coming out of my my little stereo in my room. Uh, a lot and then and then and then further on down the road uh i i got into this fellow here lightning hopkins who's my this is my favorite blues guitarist um of all time he's just my guy i'm unfamiliar with lightning hopkins uh, oh yeah well is it lightning or li- light well you know it's interesting this says lightning hopkins usually it's lightning hopkins with like a thingy apostrophe thank you yeah, i'm like yeah. you know whoop. yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, but I got a number of his uh, CDs, and yeah, I, I really invite you to check him out. He um, plays acoustic and electric, you know, mm-hmm. and they're and they're both terrific. Uh, and there's a really cool, you can see it on YouTube, Austin City Limits, where he's like, God, he's got to be in his 80s, and he's um, and he's he's playing live uh, on uh, on that music show, Austin City Limits, which has covered everybody in the world uh, for 10 or 20 years. Cool. Um, yeah, and it's really neat to see him. Uh, you know, in um, at that age, uh, still rocking it and still singing it. Yeah, BB you know. King was not a spring chicken when yeah. I saw him. It yeah. was probably like ninety nine, ninety eight. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, it could have been as late as two thousand, but like I said, it was still like an immersive, mm-hmm. incredible. I'm like, wow, that is a true master at work. Yeah, yeah. That is a yeah. true, yeah, true artist who's like, I know, I know my shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of uh, interesting to say what is what makes a person like musically wonderful, um, and there's some kind of feel to it. So. You have it. Yeah. You have the yeah. undefinable it. Yeah, and I think it has something to do with being in the present moment. Like, like, uh, like uh, there's um, a guitarist jumping forward now uh, named Bill Frizzell, who's a local Seattle guy. He's mm-hmm. actually a, a friend of um, my wife and I, and he's a jazz guitar player. But he's one, he's one, we just saw him play live a little while ago with a bunch of musicians from the University of Washington faculty. And he has this amazing capacity. He always looks as if he's just figuring it out and discovering it right then. Oh, wow. And Hendrix is the same way. A variety of these artists that, that they're just so totally in the present moment. And and you know, I think most of these artists that I'm got these CDs mm-hmm. from, whether it's Lightning Hopkins, BB King, whatever, they're uh, they have that 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 uh, sense of being kind of figuring, discovering it right now. Uh, they're masters at what they're doing. They they obviously know the song they're playing and everything, but there's this sense that like this is coming out fresh, right? Yeah. Right now. Well, if it doesn't feel connected and you're not present. I mean, um, Kent and I talked about this a little bit about storytelling ah, right. um, and that your connectivity and your presence absolutely changes your performance. Because mm-hmm. if you're on autopilot, yeah, um, you may be playing everything exactly how you would be playing it anyway. But there is yeah. some sort of experiential shift yeah. when in, when you're not when you're not there. Like the best performances that I can think of it. It was, you know, it was real. It was, it was not necessarily, like, I love, don't get me wrong. I saw, 
my friend Ashley took me to see uh, Britney Spears' Toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at a huge stadium. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. You know, mm-hmm. fireworks yeah, and yeah, yeah. dancing boys and just like mm-hmm. all these things. And it was a hell of a show and a mm-hmm. great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but it obviously didn't affect me the way that seeing, like I saw Ben Folds. Mm-hmm. I love Ben Folds. Mm-hmm. It was just mm-hmm. him and a piano. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, right on. Yeah. And it was just, again, it was mm-hmm. uh, just a master at work being there and being honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, we yeah. were we were in it and we were there. Yeah. Breeze here from the 70s. Oh, uh, good. Two of the finest voices of all time, in my humble opinion, James mm-hmm. Brown and uh, Led Zeppelin, of course, Robert Plant. Oh, this we're going to have a fight about Led Zeppelin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it would have been better with a female vocalist. Uh, the, the band would be the, better with a female The way he sings? Uh-huh. And where his range is, mm-hmm. I don't think it suits his voice very well. And I think it would have been better with a woman, a lady well, singer. Well, y- you probably uh, <laughs> love uh, when Hart covers Led Zeppelin then. Uh, I prob- I haven't heard it, but I'm sure that I do. I yeah. love Hart. Well, Hart uh, began, uh, I wouldn't, it'd be too much to say they're a Led Zeppelin cover band. But I first heard about them um, because it was like, hey, there's this band with two girls in it. And they do Led Zeppelin covers and they're unbelievable. And uh, so that, if anything, that proves my point. <laughs> well, it very well could. Yeah. Well, sure. We can uh, we can fight about that. Um, we don't have I, to. I'm glad that you yeah. uh, and clearly everyone does love. Yeah, and I yeah. like Led Zeppelin. I like their songs. Right. I just think it'd be better if a lady sang it. Yeah. No, I, uh, that's a perfectly reasonable uh, opinion to have. Well, you you need to go to some of the Led Zeppelin cover shows that Nancy and I love to go to. OK. Because. um You've got female vocalists everywhere singing Great. Led Zeppelin songs. Great. Yeah, 100%. Different. And I didn't mean to put a damper on your love no, of his vocal, no, vocal stylings. I, I, I accept It is that. all subjective. Yeah. And this is, the, this is actually their fourth album, and it was the song Rock and Roll that I remember listening to in Tom Janot's basement that first got me into Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and then it's like... There's lead one, lead two, and lead three back catalog. Holy yeah, yeah. yes, more <laughs> stuff for me to check out. Run out, go to the used record store and find uh, copies of that. Mm-hmm. All about the used record store back then, which may explain the random reason that why did I end up having my first James Brown album be live at the Apollo Volume Two. <laughs> Um, that is not where most people would start. Probably not, but this probably was what I found in the used record store when yeah. I was trying to find a James Brown album. And he uh, looks super engaged. He so. is. He is definitely engaged. We got that. Yeah. Him uh, on the cover there, very, very engaged, Mr. James Brown. And of course, uh, well, you know the f- the weird thing about music is that it's just so awesome. And and. Uh, <laughs> And that is weird. Like, 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 we got a stack of records. I mean, we're so far we're at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is the eighth album that I brought up, mm-hmm. and every one of these people is like, you know, a demigod to me. You know, I mean, you start uh, singing the praise. Of, well, I mean, this is James Brown. I mean, nobody's going to argue with you on James Brown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like everything from rap to soul to rock, you know. Yeah. He's influenced everybody. The godfather of soul and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, all I'm saying is is that you can just go nuts. I can go nuts about any of these people and just just say that they're all the, they're they're every one of them's the best. Okay. Um let's uh, let me talk about Rod Stewart a little bit. Okay, please do. Um, so this is one of the very early albums I got uh, every picture Tells a story. Uh, this has Maggie May, which is a big, okay. big hit. Um, that's probably maybe his biggest hit 
of, of his early stuff. But I guess where I'm really going with all this is mm -hmm. that how one thing leads to another in the music world. So read an interview with Rod Stewart, and he says that he first got turned on to uh, popular music, or vocalizing anyway, uh, with Sam Cooke. Oh. And I never heard of Sam Cooke. Then go check out Sam Cooke, although he did have a hit on the radio uh, Chain Gang, which... Uh, okay. Uh, there's, there's a man, man on the world world working on the chain. chain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, then you listen to Sam Cooke and you realize that Rod Stewart sounds an awful lot like Sam Cooke. Like, like, like their vocal quality is really similar. Now, I'm not saying that Rod hmm. Stewart, that that's not his real voice because mm -hmm. it is his real voice. And, and Rod Stewart is, is amazing. But, um, but you, you can hear the influence so, so very clearly. And then you, well, and then you go back, I go back, and I check out Sam Cooke, and, and then I become a Sam Cooke fan. And then this was one of the early albums I had in my collection, uh, Best of Sam Cooke. Uh, he didn't write What a Wonderful World, right? That uh, he, was... he probably did. He wrote a lot Wasn't of songs. Wasn't that a, what's, what's his butt? Um, <laughs> what a wonderful world. Oh, uh, you're talking Louis? about Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. I don't think Louis Armstrong wrote the song. I also don't I know think, what, um, what year we're in. But, um, yeah, Sam Cooke is uh, one of the writers. No kidding. And then there's a version of uh, – and he wrote Chain Gang. He wrote Cupid, Only 16, You Send Me. These are all – Twisting the Night Away, which sad Twist mood, having a party. Twisting the Night Away. Yep, yep, yep. Ooh, that was flat. So Sorry, everybody. So Rod Stewart has covered You Send Me, Twisting the Night Away, Bring It On Home to Me, uh, Having a Party. I mean, Rod Stewart has covered all, oh. those, all those songs. Ooh, can I tell you a funny story about Rod Stewart? Sure. And my grandma? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, somehow or another, my dad got a decent amount of tickets to the Kentucky Derby. Mm. And so, you know, the, the ladies in hats and everything. So it was my, I think my, my dad, my grandma, I can't remember if my mom went or not. Probably not. She, we had someone had to watch the kids. Right. And then my uncle is huge into the Derby, mm. loves horse racing. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, so Rod Stewart has... Um, security with him like so people holding like, being next to him and um, like ushering him around to I'm keep sure. people at bay right of course but my grandma thinks that he's a drunk being kicked out and she has no idea who <laughs> she is so she gives him the biggest stank face of like ugh behave yourself we're in the derby <laughs> and like gives him stank face and he goes good morning mum or like something like he says something he addresses my grandma <laughs> So that's my fondness of Rod Stewart yeah, is him yeah. accepting my grandma's stank face and that, then saying something kind of funny back. <laughs> yeah, he, he seems like a real, you know, he is a working class guy and uh, he seems to have always maintained that that kind of uh, humble attitude uh, even as he's become a multi-billionaire rock star. What, so that was that was kind of took us through the 70s. We kind of lost yeah. track of the decades, but the si okay. the 60s were there and that was the, the we just went through the 70s. And and of course James Brown is not a 70s artist. He's a 60s, 70s and 80s and 90s whatever artist, but he started out well guy probably started in the 50s. But I discovered him uh, in the late 70s. You discovered him? Yeah. <laughs> you were his big break? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I discovered Joe Guppy brings I discovered James Brown in 1978 <laughs> when I got a hold of Live at the Apollo Volume 2 and volume after that his career two. really took out. <laughs> volume 1? Forget yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was no. nothing before you found it. <laughs> no. But seriously folks, when uh, when I when I got into James Brown, mm -hmm. um, 
So yes. So and <laughs> actually, Sam Cooke, of course, died in '64. So it's the same kind of thing. Oh, I, I didn't okay. discover him for myself. You discovered until him via... via Rod Stewart. So mm. it's kind of just. I just think it's cool how kind of one thing leads to another. There's a lot of examples. You you find one yeah. person and and maybe they mention an influence and you go check them mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. So. We were hardcore into, or rather, I got hardcore into the musical Hair, mm. but it was after the, who did, was it CCR who did, let the sunshine, let the sunshine in. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was, was it Jeremiah had a bullfrog people? Um, I can't remember the name the, of the yeah, band. Yeah, that's a, a Three Dog Night. The Fifth Dimension. Fifth Dimension. Yeah, yeah. I should have remembered that because yeah. my brother made fun of that mercilessly. Mm-hmm. He's like, what the Fifth Dimension? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we were young and butt faces. Yeah, yeah. That cover got me into hair like okay. deep into hair yeah, there you go which is all about you know anti-establishment mm-hmm. we're sticking it to the man yeah, and yeah, yeah. you can't tell me what to do mm-hmm. um which is what i think every high schooler needs to right. go through yeah <laughs> yep. or at least i did mm-hmm. it sounds like you did too yeah <laughs> maybe not the stick it to the man thing but like the i'm breaking out i'm gonna be who i'm gonna well, be well yeah and, and that was kind of what i was thinking what to do. about the that identity thing i was talking about earlier yeah. you know that um um, that in the uh, in high school, I, I saw myself as as our group was the intellectual stoners. Mm, that was mm-hmm. my little cadre. That's what I, I named us the intellectual stoners. Anyway. <laughs> and, uh, I named our group the sexy brigade. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we got to have our. Uh, I guess we could have been the sexy brigade too. Anyone uh, can be. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so awesome. yeah, that was that was my my peer group. But then in the in the eighties, like in nineteen eighty, that was when my improv group was founded. My mm-hmm. my seminal uh, Im- improvisation group, the uh, the off the wall players, one of Seattle's one of three uh, first uh, groups in Seattle doing improv. Old school friends from like grade school and high school, most of them stopped paying any attention to popular music at all, whether it was punk, oh, new wave, or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. You know. Uh, but this, uh, I think, solidified my identity as an artist because new wave and punk was not as popular as mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. It was more like an underground kind of a thing. Uh, and, but in the in the in the Seattle arts community, which was kind of the pre-grunge community, mm-hmm. where there was sort of this dark poetic sensibility bubbling up, which eventually blossomed full blown into into grunge, the massive mm-hmm. grunge outbreak of the nineties. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but part of that for me was, was getting into bands like, like the Ramones, uh, Mm. and the Pretenders and and Elvis Costello, who, uh, you know, the, these guys both first came out in the late seventies, Ramones and and Elvis Costello. Yeah. But they, you know, kind of really came into their own in the eighties and, you know, the decades are not exactly razor Eh. sharp. No, because they merge into each other. And also because these bands have been playing for presumably quite a while before they're discovered and have a record and then they're on the radio and then they're in your ear. So like, you know, yeah. And if anyone's going to say like, now the Pretenders didn't, they came out in 1979. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows better, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so, so these, uh, this, the, these two uh, artists, along with the Blondie, you remember Blondie, oh, yeah. of course. Yep. I saw them at the Paramount Theater at this uh, program they were running uh, called Catch a Rising Star oh. for like two dollars. What? Yeah, the tickets were were two dollars to see 
Elvis Costello, the Ramones, Blondie, Talking Heads. Whoa. So it was like... like uh, I know a lot of people are very <laughs> jealous about the Talking Heads thing right oh, now. <laughs> love the Talking Heads. Just, just love them. Is that so. David Byrne? Yeah. Is yeah. that David Byrne? David okay. Byrne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got into yeah. him in college because yeah. I'm like, well, I, this is weird. I need yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know talking heads are like all time great. Uh, one of the things that Nancy and I talk about sometimes is the perfect album, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm afraid with the downloading and all that, uh, downloading singles and stuff, we've kind of lost uh, the concept the of the arc. album. And, yeah. and it's really a kind of a, kind of a bummer because that art form of the, the, the LP, you know, the the concept album where like like Sgt. Pepper or something where the entire thing is kind of its own work of art from mm-hmm. beginning to end with the 12-inch uh, artwork and all that. It's it's a it's an art form that has come and gone in, in my lifetime. Mm. It's really quite Aww. quite remarkable. Yeah. Uh, not completely gone because people are – there's a vinyl, mm-hmm. vinyl rebirth and stuff like that, but it's – Still not the. It will never be as as popular as it was at the time. And there's something about that package where you can't easily skip to the next song. You have to pick the needle up and bring it over to the next song. Mm. So you're kind of stuck with putting the needle on. If you really want to relax while you're listening to your your albums, you you put the album on the beginning of side one and it plays through, and then you flip it over and you play side two. And that's kind of an, an artistic experience. I think of something like, I just popped into my mind, like like a Pink Floyd, you know, like Dark Side mm-hmm. of the Moon or something that just just is one solid work of art, yeah. one solid experience as you listen to it and you look at the album cover while you're listening to it. Can, uh, can I tell another funny story about yes. Pink Floyd and please, my grandma again? Please do. I, your grandma... <laughs> Your grandma's got it going on, Rod Stewart, Pink this Floyd. Was, so my mom was listening to uh, – first, I want to say that we listen to Dark Side of the Moon when we go camping. Uh. We use the album. Um, and for people who get crabby about music playing campers, uh. we keep the music really quiet. And you can't hear it beyond our camping space. Um, but so my mom was playing – I can't remember if it was Dark Side of the Moon. I can't remember what album it was. Um, but she was playing it, and there's a song that has like a – like it has like a, a rhythmic thing mm. and my grandma's like oh, Laura something's wrong with the tire in the car there's something wrong with the tire like no mom it's it's the it's a song and then she did it again <laughs> later so we call that the tire song oh, nice. <laughs> because it's what grandma was sure the tire was broken oh, on the I'd car. be really curious to know what uh what song that is this is Chrissy Hind okay she totally rocks <laughs> and she's uh well, you know, it's fair to say she's a groundbreaker, right? I mean, uh, I don't. I mean, I'm trying to think of what pretender songs I know. Oh, okay. I know that I know some. I just well, can't think. Well, of she's any. she's this is punk new wave. Um, May I look at the back? Uh, yeah, Thank absolutely. You. That's her first album. They've got like like uh, uh, a whole series of awesome albums, and she is the Pretenders. I mean, literally, because uh-huh. two of those guys are dead, and uh, oh. I know it's sad. Uh, and then she's gone on to have different iterations of the band. It's always called the Pretenders, but the one person that's always in it is so her. It's Chrissy. Um, Chrissy Hind, yeah. Um, but yeah, she. I mean, I think it's fair to say she's a total groundbreaker in terms of just throwing out absolute balls out, just kick ass punk rock and roll. You know, there's uh, of course plenty of badass women in rock uh, as well, but um, but she's one of the baddest asses. Uh, oops, <laughs> wait a minute. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean that in any degrading way. <laughs> it didn't sound uh, that way. <laughs> no, good, good, yeah. 
Um, we all hope to have the baddest of our asses. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we got to talk about Al Green because we better his his vocals. His he's like one of my all time the the voice mm. out of just uh, second to none. Al Green also comes by way uh, in some way. I mean, I, 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 that, this is not true because I knew Al Green because he had a lot of hits on the radio. Sure, you know, but the Talking Heads covered "Take Me to the River." You know. And, oh yeah, and, and that kind of, and that's on this record here. Um, Is that what the Billy the Bass sings also? Yes, Billy, Billy the Bass, Bass Big Mouth. No, or whatever I'm wrong. It's, it's not on this record. Um, Take me to the, the river. river. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that I, I like I said, I knew Al Green from his hits on the radio, but then the Talking Heads covered "Take Me to the River," and that kind of brought me back to Al Green, and that brought me to, to this record, and then and then others and. Um, Anyway, he uh, he rules. Well, I guess we. Yeah. What, what else can we say about that? He has a beautiful. The, the Reverend Al Green. I saw him live at the Paramount. Oh, very and, nice. And uh, the the highlight was when he just walked off stage and walked up the aisle singing a cappella, no no amplification. Oh. I know, right? Unbelievable. I, I mean, I've never heard oh. or seen anything like it. Just, that sounds great. Yeah, and and you could hear a pin drop. It's just you know it's a big venue, mm. and yeah, just walked up the aisle. That's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I like cathedral singing for that reason alone. I don't want anything. I just want to hear the beauty. I just want to hear your beautiful voice. Yeah, that's well that that would have been a moment for you because that was him walking wow. away from the microphone I, I i've never seen any other singer do that wow and yeah. not even be on a microphone that's yeah. hard with a with a theater full of yeah. sound absorbing bodies yeah 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 well, yeah everybody uh sh- everybody shut up real quick and oh, just I'm listen sure. yeah. and then and see that's another thing that i love about these older older bands and older artists is that when they did the shows they were doing the shows yeah so i mean the voices that you heard yeah. and i mean just what i can't even imagine no amplification just singing oh yeah. that sounds awesome yeah so let's move on through the decades let's get into the 90s let's get into the 90s so um, the nineties were kind of when I stopped, uh, tracking popular music, uh, obsessively. And, uh, I'm not sure how that happened, but, mm-hmm. um, but it did. But, but before we, uh, find out what happened then, uh, let's talk about the, the very last band that I sort of followed in real time. And that was Nirvana. Also Seattle guys. Uh, also Seattle guys and really just beautiful stuff. Uh, Kurt Cobain, an amazing, amazing talent. Um, was Dave Grohl? drumming by this yes. point with yep. them yep. all right i have a yeah. crush on dave Grohl. yeah dave Grohl is is terrific um you might want to check out nancy guppy's little segment on almost live with dave Grohl. <gasps> it's really very, oh. very fun yeah yeah it's uh, is he a nice boy he is very nice we've yeah. had breakfast yeah. with him Did once you really? well huh. we were having breakfast uh-huh. and then he had breakfast and patrick and i were both like is that dave Grohl? i call him david Grohl. i don't uh-huh. know why because uh-huh. i'm his mom i guess I'm yeah. like david is that david Grohl? Yeah. 
is that David? Yeah. And then on the way out, we didn't want to bug them because they yeah. were, he was having breakfast yeah, yeah. with a friend. And anyway, so, but on the way out, I couldn't help myself. I'm like, you boys have a good concert yeah. tonight or something <laughs> along those lines because I had to say something, yeah, but I also yeah. didn't want to bug him. But yeah. I was also like, it's David Grohl. Anyway, well, I'm you sorry. Well, can, you can have one degree of separation or whatever by, uh, or maybe it's two because I have not met Dave Grohl, but Nancy's. Okay. Uh, once uh, I speak with Nancy, yeah, once you talk, speak I'll with be Nancy. one. You'll be one step away. But you can also look at her YouTube thing. It's called Me with Dave Grohl. Me, M-E, Nancy Guppy, Almost Live, Dave Grohl. It's got. It's a, probably one of the top, you know, got the, one of the top hits of any Almost Live thing. Yeah. Because Dave Grohl's on it. The Nirvana story, my Nirvana story is uh, not about meeting him or anything. It's about being in L.A. Mm-hmm. and watching some obscure cable channel. Uh, it wasn't MTV. It was just some weird off-brand uh, cable channel in L.A. And seeing the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit mm. and never having heard of Nirvana, never never uh, heard the song before and just going like, wow, that is amazing. And I kind of said to myself, you know, that should be a hit song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if it ever will be. <laughs> 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 because this thing was like a collection of weird music videos that yeah. were like from bands you never heard of, some underground thing, and uh, and then come to find out, uh, not not in the not too distant future, that that was "Smells Like Team Spirit" by Nirvana, and of course it became a huge record. Never yeah. mind. By the way, if you want to read a good book about Nirvana and Kurt mm-hmm. Cobain, my friend Charles Cross has a book called "Heavier Than Heaven." Definitive biography of Kurt Cobain. You have a lot of mm-hmm. friends who've written books. Uh, it's the same guy. <laughs> okay, he wrote the Hendrix guy. book and the. Okay. And the, he's he's a rock journalist and he specializes in kind of local. Oh, cool. Local rock because he's he's a local guy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, that that's uh, those guys from the '90s, and and then I, then uh, of course I really like Pearl Jam. Later on, after the fact, I came to really like Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of transition into uh, the the present time which is really different like I, I no longer uh i no longer really follow popular music I, I i guess i don't even know what to listen to i can't is there a radio station you know i don't even know i hear the radio and it all sounds like auto-tuned to me and um if you have um if i may make a recommendation yeah, please do uh, because i also feel like i'm like well i like this song but like I, I like an, an album experience, so mm. I highly recommend that you listen to Adele's Twenty Five mm, yeah. and Twenty One, mm-hmm. um, because they are gorgeous. Yeah, and they there's it doesn't have like the same story arc that like mm-hmm. uh, Abbey Road will have, yeah. but it definitely they all belong together and they are beautiful. Um, but I'll hear something on like I'll put on my Google Play album. I'm like I'm in the mood for this genre, mm. and I'll hear a song I've never heard before. Mm-hmm. I, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. And then I see, I'm like, go to that album. Then I'll right. play that album. Mm-hmm. And then I'll decide, you know. So there are ways for you to like hear yeah. all these different things and then do a deep dive if yeah. you're into it. And that's I, how I found some really You know, great I music. think what I have to do is liberate myself from the idea that I should be listening to the radio because I do have, I used to have Pandora and mm-hmm. I discovered a lot of stuff through Pandora that way. Now I've got Spotify, which isn't as good a radio app as Pandora. Mm-hmm. They just, I don't know, their, law, their algorithm isn't as good at giving you the, the, the next cool thing in that genre or something. In the, uh so um, and maybe they've gotten better because I haven't gone on their radio app for quite a while. And I'm not familiar. I have never used Google Play. 
Um, Google Play, I think we pay one ninety nine oh, okay. per month. Okay. But you get literally every song that is available mm. on digital media. Okay. Um, and that I used to be like, I'm like, no, I'm gonna buy the album. Right, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm an album girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I'm like, oh, but now I can have this beautiful sampler platter. Mm-hmm. And then her name, uh, like I just found Haley. Oh crap, I can't remember her name, but she's this beautiful jazz artist co- mm. and she wrote a song I'm like oh this must be a cover this has a really old mm-hmm. feel to mm-hmm. it mine was a blue world until you mm-hmm. came along mm-hmm. it's gorgeous no she wrote it like mm. three years ago nice. and it's so now I'm like in a deep dive with her mm-hmm. cool yeah so there are ways because I, I agree that it's kind of frustrating like how do I even listen to new music how do I get into a new album Yeah. and so at least I'll be like, okay, I'm in the mood for, I put Rosemary Clooney mm-hmm. as my, I'm in the mood for singers like Rosemary right, Clooney. Right, right. And then I'll get some like good songs. I'll get some great songs. I'll get some bad songs. And then the good and great ones kinda, I can look into further. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, so what, it's not that I've stopped listening to music or even music that's new to me. I it's d- just yeah. that I don't know how to access it, but I but I like the ideas you're giving me. But what has kind of happened since, uh, you know, the 2000s or the early 2000s is... In the early aughts. Uh, the early aughts is that my wife Nancy got, you know, got into this, went from the comedy show Almost Live to mm-hmm. doing her, her own art show, which is now in its, like, 10th season uh, art Zone with Nancy Guppy. On That's a, so great. On the Seattle Channel, yeah. Yeah, Joe's like a real comedy person who's done real things on his resume. And he's like, can we talk about those things? I'm like, nope, we're going to talk about music. That, that is, this, is, this is way more fun. Way more fun than talking about slogging in the writer's rooms of L.A. This is more, more fun. <laughs> Which um, I would love to talk to you about that at well, some point. Maybe. But right now, let's do random well, other things. So, Nancy, well, yeah. your beloved. So, so my beloved Nancy uh, has done local arts promotion uh, you know, for 15 years, probably. Mm. And so most of what I brought for the... The, and beyond the, the, the and beyond part is is local local stuff there's so much good local stuff and then you get really into local stuff and then it kind of uh um it sort of squeezes out you know you only have so much time to to listen to stuff so in a way i um you know i've kind of replaced the national music with local stuff that's great not that the well i mean for this example the local stuff but it's just totally national mad season you know mad season I don't. at all so mad season is a super group and they are composed of these four guys here okay and this is lane staley of allison chains oh okay. unfortunately deceased before oh. before his time this is uh mike mccready or yeah, that's Mike McCready of Pearl Jam, guitarist mm-hmm. of Pearl Jam, and that's Barrett Martin, who is a drummer for Screaming Trees. They, and those are all like major grunge groups uh, mm-hmm. of the '90s. And they put together this uh, this uh, super group called um, Mad Season, and um, and I just love this record. This is like one of my favorite kind of dark grunge records uh, of all time. Consequently, pretty much everything else that I've got here is um, something uh, with one exception is stuff that I that I discovered kind of through the local music scene. So this is Say Hi. You ever heard of Say Hi? Uh-huh. So so this is um again national but but at a kind of a local a, a lower level. It's a local guy and he definitely has been written up in the New York Times and the New Yorker and all that, but never never got to the mega hit level. But God, I just love this stuff. He's he's got he he does these these uh everything on this record, on all his records and he's got plenty of them. 
was done by him in his like uh, home studio. Nice. Uh, he does every instrument, does all the drums and the vocals, and uh, I don't know oh, how. Wow. Do, how do you describe? It's kind of like almost, um, almost kind of a little bit like like Devo or craft work in the precision of it, but then his vocals are really present. Um, it, it it might be kind of emo if you're looking for a, mm-hmm. a genre to call it, but but um, to me it's beyond emo, whatever that means. <laughs> what a, whatever that means. Uh, but he can write a really hooky pop song, beautiful stuff, Say Hi. It used to be called Say Hi to Your Mom. That was the name of the... <laughs> Yeah. Say hi to your mom yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then he he changed that to uh, to say just hi. say hi, and then just a couple more of these local local people. So this is the see this is my this is the Saturday nights. Ever heard of them? No, no, no doubt you haven't because they put out like two albums. They're they're completely local, but this is a this is kind of hip hop. Uh-huh. This is this is hip hop, and it's just a fantastic record. I love and, the art. Yeah, yeah, it's, the it's album cool, art is really yeah. fun. And so this guy here is uh, um, so the thing is like like everything I've shown you now like I know these people personally they're not good friends but but you know but Mer- you know them but I know them Eric Elbagon here and then Tilson this dude we run into him every once in a while he's like a really fun rapper guy and um, he's he's on a lot of other records too local musicians you know, they'll often you know. Throw in a, you know how they people guest on each other's recordings. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, would you yeah. could you lay down some? Yeah. Tracks so with me? one of the sure. funnest ones is this band called Brent Amaker and the Rodeo, which is just a full on kind of country or um, you know, kind of spaghetti western. You know, oh, ooh, you know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, so like, like twangy as tw- hell, twangy western kind of a thing. And then they one of their really cool songs uh, called "A Man in Charge." Then they break in the middle of it for a rap by Tilson. Perfect. You know, like, like just like, where, what? And where'd that come from? And it, and it so works. It's just beautiful. Really fun. And I, I already mentioned Bill Frizzell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a jazz guy who's uh, kind of the, the, the guitar, the jazz guitarist, guitarist kind of guy. He's like, everybody is just crazy about Bill, Bill Frizzell. Uh, you, you know, he's, he's not a household name, but mm-hmm. probably any jazz you know, star or even popular music star that you heard of knows him, and and he's probably been on their albums. Um, anyway, this is my favorite Bill Fazell album because it has um, uh, Elvin Jones, who's a uh, deceased but a legendary jazz drummer. I think he was. Um, I don't want to get this wrong, but I probably will. But hmm. uh, he probably play he played with like Miles Davis. You know. Oh wow! Or, or uh, see, that's one I know. I yeah, know that one. And then Dave Holland's a local bass player, and this is just my my favorite album um, because the combination of Elvin Jones drumming and Bill Frizzell's guitar is just out of just out of out of out of this out world. of this world. This is a local band that Nancy and I are huge fans of. Red Dress. Um, What's their deal? I like their album cover too. Well, they're kind of almost like um, it's really hard to explain. It's kind of like a combination of rock and funk and. And really clever lyrics oh. and spectacular musicianship. They got the two guitar attack, like the Rolling Stones, you know, okay. uh, two guitars that kind of interplay, interwave, hmm. interweave, uh, in a really, really wonderful way. And um, Nancy, uh, we had a house concert that Nancy put together for my last birthday. Oh. I came in surprise, and it was a, it was a just a, a acoustic, unamplified concert. <laughs> 
uh, in in a living room. That's amazing. With these guys. Yeah. I think Nancy sounds pretty nice. She Joe. is. She's nice. You should have her. <laughs> I would love you to have her. You should have her. On the she's show. very nice, and she can come in here and talk about nice things. Anyway, I love this entire stack. I don't know how much we're That's up to here. That's a good stack. I'm going to take a picture of you with that stack. Okay. Every um, every one of these uh, CDs are second to none. The artists are second to none. Music, I think, touches some of us in a in like just a spiritual core way um i was having a we had just had christmas in the holidays in um uh dc we were in the airport and every every tv had the news on and you're in the airport you're tired you haven't slept well the whole time for the holidays and i was exhausted and frustrated and i have anxiety about flying so all these things i'm just like i just (laughs) i put on my headphones Mm -hmm. and i listened to um Rosemary Clooney sing mm. love mm. you didn't do right mm. by me and I instantly am like oh mm. I could feel myself relax release and I almost started crying because like they're really good headphones and so mm-hmm. that's all I could hear was mm-hmm. the warmth and the just the mm-hmm. honey tones and yeah. I'm, I'm just like oh thank you Rosemary mm-hmm. you are getting me through this morning yeah, yeah. and I think I think uh we shouldn't uh, we should be honest about mm-hmm. like how much we love music and mm-hmm. how important it is. And yeah. I also, um, a friend of mine said something he's like, Oh, sorry, I like this band. I'm like, you like what you like. Yeah. yeah. So folks who are like, but I like the auto tune songs, mm-hmm. like yeah, the auto tune yeah. songs. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we all are looking for something different. Mm-hmm. We all need to feel something different. Mm-hmm. And some people just are like, I got to have something where I can shake my butt. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, we're all snobs in our own mm-hmm. ways. So, mm-hmm. This is your lovely journey. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today. Have you had a nice time? I've had a nice time, Sarah. Yay, thank you for I'm so glad. chatting and listening and telling me about your stories of your grandmother's encounters. <laughs> Who knew my with... grandma would be so involved yeah. with all of this rock and roll yeah, music? <laughs> yeah. Tell me again that story of when she... Uh, Rod Stewart? No, uh, when she met uh, the Talking Heads. No, i <laughs> I think you should. Well, she and <laughs> she and Thelonious Monk did date. <laughs> yeah. um, she's the one who critiqued him the most about not being on rhythm. <laughs> uh, that's good. You should have a story about your grandmother about every one of these artists. Yeah. You're off to a great start. I'll, yeah. cer- I'll certainly try. Well, it's been great to be here on high. I think, think you're, you're nice. nice. Would you like yeah. a sticker? Yes, I yes, definitely please. want to Please, And would yeah. you like to give one to somebody you I, love? I sure, or certainly would. Or to whoever? Would. Yeah, I, I actually An need... An enemy, perhaps? I need some stickers right now for <laughs> some... I, I actually have some very good uses for those stickers. So. Awesome. Thank uh, you. My pleasure. And I usually invite my guests to end the show with musical arm farts. So mm, that can okay. be accomplished a number of ways. Okay. Um. So if you... I mean, you can just blow on your hand. I usually get... When this when the series started, it was mm. summertime, so we all were wearing short sleeves. Mm-hmm. But I usually just like blow on a part of my arm with a loose mm-hmm. embouchure, mm-hmm. and then we just do that a little bit. Okay. So on the count of three, one. Oh no, it's musical. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Joe Guppy. Thank you, Sarah Hancher. (laughs) I think you're nice. I think you're nice.